Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. We love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. He's employed by Sports Illustrated. The announcer's got it in for me. There you go. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. If you have a problem with it, build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Mannix. Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast. I'm Rohan Argany, joined today by not one, but two Sports Illustrated senior writers. He is the New York Times best-selling author, of the book Blood in the Garden, Chris Herring. And today, for a change, joining us from a room with windows, it's Chris Mannix. Guys, how are you guys doing? I'm, I'm just waiting for Mannix to, to fire back because I know he's about to. I'm, like, I'm watching it start on his face. I'm, normally, I'm waiting for what he's going to say. it looks like he's in like an FBI surveillance van, no windows. Um, just, But here he looks appears to be somewhere normal. Well, I mean, I guess... Anything that looks better than a college dorm, which is kind of what it looks like you're in, uh, might appear normal. There we go. Okay. Uh, Glad we got that out of the way today because there's a lot we should get to basketball-wise. I want to start out west. We actually feel like we haven't talked about this team in a a little while. The Phoenix Suns have won five games in a row. They've yet to lose a game with Kevin Durant in the lineup since they made the trade for him at the trade deadline. Uh, Durant obviously missed a couple weeks there with his ankle sprain. If he plays every game the rest of the regular season, he will have played 10 total regular season games with the Suns before the start of the playoffs. We saw this a little bit to an extent 
uh, that net season that they actually had Harden and Irving and everyone together, so to speak, uh, the year they made it to the second round and lost to the Bucks, they did not play a lot of time together and yet looked very good in the playoffs uh, up until the wheels kind of fell off injury-wise. Mannix, I'll start with you. Do you feel like Durant will have played enough games with the Suns for you to take them seriously as a title contender? I mean, you take them seriously, um, but it is a concern to see a team with this many moving parts go into the playoffs without, you know, the kind of chemistry that other teams are going to have. I mean, you look at potential playoff matchups, not just in the first round, but second round, whether it's Memphis at the top, Denver uh, there as well. These are teams that have been together for for a long time. So I do think chemistry is an issue. All that being said, you that you got to love what you're seeing so far from this Durant-led team. I mean, that first game against Minnesota, no surprise. He struggled with his shot a little bit, coming back from that type of injury and that type of layoff. Um, but the next two games, you know, against Denver, big numbers. Uh, the next game, big numbers. Like, he's, he's back to being Kevin Durant once again. So I, I think his skill set is enough to kind of overcome any potential chemistry issues. What, what does concern me, though, is... You know, the rest of the rotation, at you know, when they move forward. Like, is Josh Jacoby going to be the guy that sticks at that other uh, forward spot? Uh, you know, played, what, 20-some-odd minutes in the last game, only had about four points. Uh, or is Torrey Craig someone that's there? Is TJ Warren someone that's going to emerge there? I mean, you've got to settle on a rotation going into the playoffs that you have confidence in because you can't just be mixing and matching guys um in postseason series. So I think that's probably the biggest question. They're they're incredibly talented at the top, but it's the middle and the back end of that rotation that probably raises the most concerns going into the playoffs. Yeah, Herring, I'm curious what you make of it. They're kind of like the Cavs in that regard. When all season we talked about Cleveland, who's going to be that fifth guy in their starting lineup. I think Phoenix is that team now. Akogi, to his credit, I think has had the best year of his career. He's, he was hitting threes at an absurd rate uh, for a lot of the season. He's cooled off a little bit there. Uh, Herring, who do you who do Does you he not like have in- the most bizarre face mask, by the way? Does Josh Kogan <laughs> have the weirdest face mask? Like every other player in the NBA that's dealing with a facial issue has some kind of custom mask, whether it's John ja Morant or Jalen Brown. Like Josh Okogie's wearing a mask that looks like it was purchased at like Masks Are Us. Like it's I a think massive, that, massive think, thing on his face. <laughs> I think that Josh Okogie is. Uh, I don't think that he can afford Jalen Brown. I don't think he has Jalen Brown mask money. You know what I mean? I, like if Jalen Brown was like my mask is Margiela, would I be surprised? No. Um, <laughs> you know if if someone was like, yeah, I got Kanye's mask guy uh, to do my mask. Uh, you know. I, I could see that be more so uh, players of of Jalen Brown's caliber than a. You Kobe just opened Bear. a huge door for jokes <laughs> with regards yeah, to did. that. Nice yeah. job! Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to the Yeezus tour, uh, Herring. Tell me though, what do you, what do you make of that that fifth spot for the Suns? Uh, I I think it's actually an apt comparison for the Cavs uh, with their fifth spot. I think the difference is, and Cavs fans might get a little bit offended. <laughs> that Cavs rotation, and, and Chris has written about this, like they're capable of, of doing some real damage in the East, even with the Bucks and the Celtics and everything there. I think the Suns are probably like a step up from that, where they've got mm-hmm. four guys. I'm just pulling up the numbers here on uh, pbpstats.com for the lineup combinations. 
their four man lineup when they've got Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton is a plus twenty two and a half points per one hundred possessions and one hundred twelve minutes. Granted, it's early, but okay, that's their lineup with those four guys. Um, I think when I was looking at it before, when it was just Chris Paul, Booker, and Durant, it's like a plus nineteen per one hundred possessions with more minutes than that. So I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not concerned with who the fifth guy is, but I think that as long as it's someone that's willing to shoot, even if he's not shooting well, and if it's someone that plays pretty good defense with its if it's Okogi, if it's uh Tory Craig who has a little bit more experience, I think I can live with that, honestly. Uh they've got other guys on that rotation too whether it's Damian Lee and other people that can kind of slide in there. Uh, it, it's it's not to say it absolutely doesn't matter because there's going to come a game where someone's going to need to hit a shot. We've seen that enough times. We saw the Celtics last year with Grant Williams. But, I, I mean, I'm this is about as good as it gets with, like, four guys that all do something different on the court, that all can go and get you a basket at a different time, um, that can all defend pretty well. Uh, and I think that's kind of the gamble you were making when you made this trade is that, we get Durant, we'll figure the rest of it out. And that's kind of what this looks like. And I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with it. But I'm not, I'm not overly concerned, particularly the West is, is not as strong as far as like what these teams have looked like in the last two months compared to the teams at the top of the East. So just a quick, the, the starting five when Durant is healthy has been largely with the Kogi in it. That five-man group, Paul, Booker, Durant, Ayton, Akogi, 19.9 rating in 95 minutes. Obviously, just incredible on both ends of the floor. Mannix, I want to ask you, who are you picking at full strength? Uh, the Phoenix Suns or your darling, weird, new obsession, the L.A. Lakers? Which two teams do you like between those two if they're both fully healthy? I mean, considering I've said and written, <laughs> written that the now, Lakers yeah. are yeah. going to the finals, I'm taking the Lakers. I'm just not – look, I, I, first of all, I would love to see a Durant LeBron matchup. Like, when mm-hmm. was the last time up. we got a Durant LeBron matchup? I think it's been it's actually been years. four or five years. Literally, yeah. four I mean, or think, five years. I mean, you think about it. We could have some. Right now, if the playoffs started today, you would get Suns Clippers. So you'd have Durant Kawhi, which signed me up for yeah. that. Yep. And then maybe in the next round, depending on where the Lakers fall, you could get Durant against LeBron or even Kawhi against LeBron, which would be pretty good too. Um, Look, I just like the Lakers. I think the Lakers so, are are not only uh, top-heavy with great talent, including future MVP Austin Reeves, but they <laughs> they've got a rotation that that just works. Like so, then where works. do the Suns where do the Suns fall in for you? Then you know Golden State. We're going to touch on them. Obviously, big news there. Where do they compare to Denver, the Warriors, Clippers? Where does Phoenix? Look, fall they can in the beat any. Look, it, it, this is what's going to make the Western Conference playoffs great, right? Like. You look at one through eight, or projected one through eight. Any of those teams could make the finals. Any one of them. Uh, I, I don't mean to punt on the question, but like, could the Clippers beat the Suns in the first round? Yes. Could the Warriors beat the Suns in the first round? Could the Suns beat the Warriors? A- anything goes here with this, with these Western Conference playoffs. I just like with the Lakers, the way Anthony Davis <laughs> is playing right now because he's out of his mind. He had forty against Houston. A- it's it's not a it's not a I mean well get on the bandwagon Heron Sasson Emmanuel quickly the other day like a, a yeah, lot of yeah. people have had forty against Houston but what I'll say is that I, I I think the Lakers have played well for long enough now 
with enough iterations of that team and now have settled on something solid to where I don't think it's like look, me and Manix probably disagree on like whether that would be our favorite to come out of the West, <laughs> but I don't think it's not a crazy statement at this point. Like I don't no, think because in one. like by the time some people listen to the show, they could be in sixth. Like they they are gaining ground yeah. Yeah. every single game. Like there are what like four teams right now bunched up with thirty eight losses yeah. in the Western it's Conference. A, so a half game separation between like four. I did bet um, our old buddy Michael Pina that the Lakers would finish with the top five record in the West. So I'm. Unfortunately, Ooh, my boy. interests are aligned with uh, look, Manics the Lake, here for look, the last the three Laker, or four games of the season. I, look, <laughs> the Lakers, the Lakers don't have the best continuity at this point because they overhauled the roster at the deadline. But they do have more continuity than the Suns do, and I, I don't want to say that Chris Paul is a liability in a playoff mm. series because he's not. But Chris Paul's shooting could be a liability in a playoff series because we know how teams are going to defend Phoenix. They are going to try to load up on Durant, load up on Devin Booker, and if Chris Paul beats them with the jump shot, teams are going to live with that. So there's a lot of pressure on Chris Paul going into the playoffs. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Someone who will say that Chris Paul is a liability in a playoff series is Cameron, by the way. Shout out to Cameron. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Herring, I want to uh, change gears here just a tiny bit before Mannix goes fully Lakers-pilled on us. Uh, you wrote about the New York Knicks in your newsletter today, and I didn't want to talk about this because I thought it was an interesting kind of hiccup them for them late in the season. Julius Randle going out with an injury, not expected back really until probably the start of the playoffs. They've been playing well. I, I think that that is like if we're looking at a potential swing series in the East, it's going to be what happens in that 5-4 spot between Cleveland and New York. New York has obviously not won a playoff series in a very long time. What are you seeing with with the Knicks uh, as it comes to how they've played without Randall so far, Herring? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've been better than I expected. I, mean, I think it helps that they've got guys that, you know, obviously Brunson has had several big games and 40-point games this year. Uh, quickly is, is neck and neck with Brogdon for sixth man. And had, as I was mentioning, he had a 40-point game against the Rockets, a career-high 40-point game against the Rockets. Um Barrett is not who you want to depend on. I don't think so, but he, you know, he can have big games here and there. I, I think more so than any of those three, though, was really intriguing me about this team. Going back to that Josh Hart trade, they've got a little bit of wing depth now that they just didn't have when Cam Reddish was mm-hmm. there. Dependable wing depth is probably a better way to put it. Uh, Quentin Grimes has averaged twenty over his last five and is a good shooter, is a really good defender, um, and Josh Hart. I mean, granted, his volume is not crazy, but I think he's shot uh, two and a half, three threes a game and is hitting 56% of those since he came over as a Nick, uh, you know, and is someone that just kills teams in transition. He's someone that gets multiple offensive rebounds on the same possession sometimes, despite being 6'4", 6'5", or whatever he is. Uh, it, it's a team that I think in some ways, without it hopefully sounding wild, I think it benefits them a little bit to go without Randall before the playoffs start because he was a guy that had played every game. He's a guy that, if you know, last time we checked in with them for a playoff series, tried to do too much on his own. And I think he's one of those guys that, um, like everybody, plays with a certain level of confidence that can kind of get him in trouble where he just starts to take shots that really aren't there. Uh, he tried to hunt the mismatches consistently against Atlanta and they're trying to go after Trey Young. I, I don't think this is a series where you need to over-rely on Julius Randle. You're going to need your top guns, obviously, but I think that they benefit a little bit by having him out of the lineup and letting other guys kind of touch the ball, feel important for a couple weeks before the, the real season starts. And Cleveland is going to be a heck of a test for them because that is a team that has the best defense in the league, that has two big men that are capable of taking away mm-hmm. stuff at the rim, not to mention two all-star level wings that uh, – that are going to give the Knicks everything they could want and more. Uh, I, I just don't offensive I, perspective. I just don't trust the Knicks. I, I don't trust them. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I here's, I, I, and I'm, I know what you mean, Mannix. And you pointed out last time we talked about them, they went on a, a small slide after you said to expect a losing streak. But I thought they rebounded nicely. So let me ask you this: You don't trust the Knicks. I think everyone's agreed this has been a successful season for them. I, everyone loves the Brunson, Brunson signing. It was a home run. But there's a 
a strong possibility, I'd say, they go, they play Cleveland in the first round. Cleveland's been really good. I mean, Cleveland was the NBA's net rating leader here for a chunk of the second half of the season. Let's say the Knicks lose in the first round um, against Cleveland, against the guy they didn't go out and get in the summer in Donovan Mitchell. Um, how do you judge this season if the Knicks lose in the first round? Is it a failure, disappointment? Does, does that mean they still need to do a lot of overall with this roster? Because so far it's been all you know, positive vibes and, you know, the city's bing-bonging or whatever it is that they do. What happens if they lose in the first round? Ah, it's a failure. I don't know how you can look at it Ooh. any other way. If you're if you're in a 4-5 matchup, you should expect to win. Like, if the Knicks go into a matchup with Cleveland, it shouldn't be accepted that they lose. I guess maybe if I'm looking for anything, I'm looking for a better playoff performance than what I saw against the Hawks a couple of years ago. Um, the, the reason I don't trust the Knicks, though, is like we keep bringing up <laughs> Julius Randle. Like, Julius Randle, to me, has to prove he's a playoff player because he hasn't yet. I think Jalen Brunson is a playoff player. I saw it last year in Dallas. Um, I'm with you, Herring. I, I don't want to overly rely on R.J. Barrett, but I think he's fine as a third or fourth option. Like, Julius Randle in the fourth quarter is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And he's put up numbers this year. Give him credit for that. But he put up regular season numbers a couple of years ago. And this team being a top five offense in terms of efficiency, a lot of that's based on Julius Randle being effective. And I don't know that he's going to be effective in a postseason series where teams only have to focus on one opponent and stopping, you know, one way of basketball, as opposed to the regular season when you're all kind of scattered all over the place. So I guess I need to see it first from Julius Randle because if he's not efficient, if he's not effective, they don't play enough defense to get it done. Like, Herring, you mentioned some of the changes that they made. Like, overall, they're 18th in defensive efficiency. Since the All-Star break, they're only 16th. So they haven't made that many strides on that end of the floor. So... I just, if they're not getting efficient offense from Julius Randle and efficient offense from everyone, Cleveland's going to beat them. Say nothing about the rest of the other teams that they could potentially face. Cleveland will beat them if Julius Randle is not mm-hmm. the guy we're seeing in the regular season. And based on the playoffs from two years ago, and based on some of the things I've seen, when he gets the ball in his hands, <laughs> he still has he still has this yeah. habit of becoming like a vacuum he does. and and not looking at the other defenders that are coming near him. Until I see it, I'm still going to wait to believe it. That's fair, man. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I I want just to say it once because I, you know, I'm really intrigued by that matchup. I was was just on another podcast where I said if I had to put money on it, like right now, it'd be really tough to pick against Cleveland. They're going to have home court advantage more than likely. Uh, And even though they don't have playoff experience, so to speak, their best player does. Similar to uh, to Brunson, by the way, who who's played very well in the playoffs. But I just like if we're going off the biggest star in the series and home court advantage and the best defense, it, it's not that difficult to come to a Cleveland pick. But just to put it out there for the record, like I don't know that everybody fully Knicks fans probably do, but just the basketball world as a whole, Randall shot less than thirty percent in that series against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like I Awful. can't remember the last time I saw. A player struggle. He took 94 shots and hit 28 of them in that series against Atlanta. In a series that, yes, it was a gentleman's sweep, but game to game, some of those games were very tight at times. And it's just like you need 
a basket or two or the right play or two. Um, and that that's why I'm saying like I think that this period's really important for the Knicks because you're gonna need to rely on him, but I, I think maybe it even helps him a little bit to see other guys knock down shots while he's not there to be able to trust guys a little bit more because he does get himself into trouble with ISO and, a lot. And Chris, like Atlanta I, I remember going a bunch of those games two years ago. Atlanta didn't reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel defensively. Like they just <laughs> no. built that wall, you know, that like San Antonio used to build on James Harden years ago. They put that extra defender in the eye line of Randall who wound up taking contested two-pointers. Like, it's certainly going to help having a more reliable second option like Brunson. And Brunson, as a playmaker, as a floor general, is going to be impactful in those situations. But a lot of times, it's going to come down to Julius Randall with the ball in his hands trying to make a play. And against an elite defensive team like Cleveland, I, I think he's going to have some problems. And if he shoots a low percentage, they're done. They're just done again in a series mm. like that. Well, let's switch gears for the Knicks to talk about a team that's had a lot of playoff success recently. It's the Golden State Warriors, who are the defending champions in the NBA. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting today that Andrew Wiggins' return is expected. Early this week, Wiggins has been out since mid-February for personal reasons. I think this is huge news. I wrote about it. I think Wiggins is the biggest X factor in this conference. Golden State's had the best five-man unit of the season when Wiggins is healthy with Steph, Clay, Dre, and Looney. It's the best lineup in the NBA. Um, with Gary Payton back, I think they have a lot more flexibility now. I, I, If I really had to pick a team that I think was going to make it if every team in the West was healthy, I think I'm picking the Warriors to make the finals. Herring, I'll start with you on this one. How how big is the Wiggins return? Am I am I crazy for thinking I'm going to ride with Golden State? I, I just think that he makes <laughs> a massive difference here if he if he's in shape. I, I mean, I can't sit here and validate <laughs> Mannix's pick for the Lakers and, and, th- and then not validate yours for the team that just came off you know winning a title in large part because of Wiggins. Uh, first of all, happy for him. Hopefully that that stuff is stable enough with him whether it's his family situation. I know there's reports about that now finally starting to emerge. Uh, but no, I mean, this was legit. I mean, you had people that were seriously talking about him. It was not a good opinion, I think, but uh, the idea that he could have been the finals MVP, that he was that important to their run. Uh, just from a, a, a defending perspective, when you talk about the guys that are in this conference, LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, you name it, guess who would – most likely be tasked with those sorts of assignments. It's going to be him. Uh, not to mention his own scoring, which it becomes easier for him with this group of guys where he's not relied upon as a number one or even a number two guy a lot of the time. And, I mean, he came down with so many important rebounds mm-hmm. in the last postseason. And it's just something that, you know, from night to night, when you look at the Warriors and where they tend to struggle a lot of the time uh, – I think I was watching their game, was it last night or the night before, where they were talking about how crazy it was that the Warriors were behind despite having had, uh, what was it, 19 offensive rebounds or something like that, but they'd given up like 16. So, it, you know, it's just a team where it very much feels like you plug one hole and another one exists. I think Wiggins finally kind of plugs the holes that they need to plug. That, that just There were too many things wrong with this team that he fixed now that he's back, I think they really have a chance to to make noise. Uh, and it, let's be honest, it was kind of awkward to try to figure out where to place them in this grand scheme of things in the West without him because he's that important. They didn't feel like a real contender to me without him. With him, I think they are one for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, um, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. 
I don't think he is a cure-all because, you know, they still have two more road wins than Detroit. So, and Wiggins <laughs> did play in right. some of those games. Fair. And their road problems are, you know, there should be a book written about what the hell's gone haywire with this team on the road this season. But yeah. I agree with you. You know, you go into the postseason. Right now, they're the sixth seed going up against, you know, potentially Sacramento at number three, whether it's Keegan Murray or De'Aaron Fox or whoever. Andrew Wiggins, incredibly valuable in that situation. Then you get to the second round. You're talking about, you know, maybe it's Michael Porter Jr. Maybe it's Kevin Durant. Maybe it's Kawhi Leonard. Maybe it's LeBron James. And you're not going to beat teams like that without an elite defensive wing. And that's what Andrew Wiggins showed last year, at least in the postseason, that he was uh, able to be. I mean, he put Jason Tatum in a straitjacket in the finals last year. He was brilliant in that series. So, it's a welcome sign. You kind of alluded to it, Rowan, though. I am curious to see what kind of condition he's in right now. I mean, we're recording this on April 3rd. He's got about, you know, two weeks now before the Warriors start mm-hmm. the playoffs. It sounds like he's dealing with something serious within his family. I'm just going to guess that he wasn't, you know, training like every single day, you know, in, in the way you need to train to be at an NBA level. Um, and that was over a month ago. So, you know, is there enough time for him to get all the way back in terms of sharpness, in terms of conditioning? Uh, him coming back in the next couple of days is big because it does give him a little bit of a runway, though. But I wouldn't expect Andrew Wiggins to come back, step into that lineup, and be Andrew Wiggins, at least not for a few more weeks anyway. I think he's going to need a little bit more of a lead time before we see the Andrew Wiggins of old. But but look, it's a massive pickup for, for Golden State to get him back after all the speculation about maybe he was going to wind up out for the rest of the regular season, if not longer. Um, it's huge to get him back because, as you said, it bumps everybody kind of down a little bit. It, it makes their bench a little bit stronger. So doesn't Gary Payton coming back. Um, you know, they're as formidable with Wiggins back as they've been any point in time this season. And that's got to be daunting for the teams at the top of the conference that are going to have to face them. Yeah, the ramp up here is going to be fascinating to watch because they have only a few games left now in the regular season, and they're not going to have the luxury of like a 1-8 playoff match. You know, they're probably going to be the lower seed in whatever playoff series they go into uh, if they get the Suns. You know, if, if they get the Kings, you know, no offense to Sacramento. That is anybody picking playoffs. Sacramento in the first round? Like, if you, you could take <laughs> first round Sacramento with a field. Are you picking the Kings against anybody? I mean, maybe the Pelicans, if the Pelicans somehow wind up in that sixth seed. They won't seed. get that high. They, they, I don't yeah. they, are, they might. High. Like, the Pelicans are tied with the Lakers right now for seventh. So, like, the Pelicans, have, yeah. that's another topic. They've been surprisingly playing good basketball yeah. with Zion uh, out. But, like, is there I, anybody who were good in the playoffs the last year? <laughs> Herring, you're, you're, I, a I wanna, you think you're the Kings whisperer now. Like, are you I, picking I am, the Kings yeah. over anyone in that first round? There. I'd have to look specifically who's who's potentially going to land that spot. Lay the odds here. If, yeah. if, if it's the Warriors, I'm not going to take that. If it's the Warriors <laughs> and Wiggins like looks functional, no, I'm not going to pick them. Lakers? Uh, they played. I could see picking them over the Lakers, but Ooh, I, do it. I'll take your money. Do it. I will take I that. I'll be your bookie. I will be your bookie on this one. Take, give me that money. Uh, You're crazy if you don't. You think LeBron's maybe, losing to Sacramento? Is LeBron James and Anthony Davis losing to Sacramento? Hey man, there were people that said that about Phoenix before. Now, granted, that was not a, a full. Neither team had their full complement of guys. the The reason that I would feel reluctant to do it with those two specifically is that I really do feel this strongly. 
the Kings have a massive home court advantage that gets eaten into when you're playing those two teams. Uh, I also know that they've got functional problems. I thought it was like respect. Like, first of all, he already had, I, I guess we don't get coach of the year votes. He would have had my coach of the year vote anyway. <laughs> Mike Brown owning the fact he's like, hell, if I wasn't with Sacramento, like I would, I would pick us to lose. To, like I would aim for <laughs> us too. Because of the way they play defense. They gave up 142. Who are they playing? The Spurs? Whoever they had the other night uh, at home. And, and he was saying specifically, we don't defend at home. It's a problem. And I would pick on us too. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just like whispers. It's more than just analysts thinking it. The teams are obviously thinking it. You have the coach of the Kings himself saying he would think that way too. It, it really is an interesting case between them. Again, Cleveland is slightly different. Cleveland also was in the play-in round last year. But it's it's really interesting to watch teams that have home court advantage but haven't had this experience before. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to be fascinating. And also, we keep saying it. All these teams are within five, six, seven wins of each other. It's really not the sort of polarizing difference we've seen before. I get that the Kings are there, but there's a reason that teams will be aiming for them because they have real flaws, even though they're going to have as well. I think I'd pick the Kings against the Clippers. I think I'll pick the Kings against the Clippers. Well, no Paul George, maybe. Like, yeah, I, I, I would, I would pick them too. Uh, and in that case, I mean, but Kawhi might have a field day, and and once it gets to that point, you never know. But uh, I, I where's, probably where's would pick the Clippers. Where's your guys' trust level in Russell Westbrook in a playoff series? Could you make the argument that him having this much success right now is bad for the Clippers' playoff hopes? <laughs> I, I don't think they could just. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's. He. I mean, it's been. A, we were talking about how long it's been since LeBron and KD have played each other. I mean, you could pretty much say the same thing about Russ having like a a good series, uh, a good postseason, what have you. Uh, I think I, I could just see the Kings winning that series without Russ being like a major part of why. I, I, I just think mm. that uh, the Clippers have had, when we talk about teams that have had uh, a lack of stability and just cohesion, the Clippers are one of the, I mean, the, the two LA teams in general, uh, really. But I just think the Paul George injury is big for them. Uh, I think the Kings can do enough against their defense, quite frankly. Uh they're going to be demanding. They're going to be really taxing on those guys. Uh, I could see them winning that. I also think that that's one where the Clippers fan base is not as robust as the other two teams. Uh, and if they did that's play against each other, like I, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But just like the Kings, I, I really do think most teams, with the exception of those two, the Warriors and the Lakers, will have a massive home court advantage when they're playing at home. I mean, that's what a home court advantage is. Uh, Manix, just, what, what odds will you give me? On on a Kings Lakers playoff series, what odds will you give me on the Kings? Why am I having to give odds on the three? You you said you like, said you're booking the action. I just want to know. <laughs> I just want to know what you know. What I, I stand to win. Up. I I take that straight <laughs> up. Like oh you know. straight up. Okay, I see. You're the three That's seed. A, you this is <laughs> your this is your title favorite. This is the team you've staked your reputation. No, nope, not title to. favorite. I made it very clear. I don't think okay, they win the title. Western I think they get to the finals favorite. and Milwaukee kicks the crap out of them. But okay, I do but think this is a this is the team you've staked your uh, staked your journalistic reputation to, and you're wow. giving me even odds. You can't. That's I didn't, oh I didn't God, say they were going to win this is every called, series. This is called bait, by the way. This <laughs> is yeah, bait. They're not going to win every series <laughs> in five games, but they're. <laughs> I, I you know to something that you mentioned there. I, I do think it could be some interesting jockeying mm-hmm. over the final few days of the regular season. 
to try to like right now you can't really do it because right. you know, you're like two losses away from the play in and everybody's trying to avoid that at all costs. But like the teams that are in five, six, could I see a scenario where <laughs> you see a tank job if it's possible to avoid the Suns in the first round and get the Kings? I would if I was a team in position to to potentially do that. I think you know one of the more fascinating regular season games left is Lakers Clippers on Wednesday. Like that's going to mm-hmm. be huge. You, you've got mm-hmm. both these teams needing to win to stay out of that play in mix. You've got Russell Westbrook versus the Lakers once again. You know Russ is going to try to go off in that game. Um, that to me is a fascinating one to close the season. I hope Anthony Davis plays in that game. It's the second game yeah. of a back to back, and I don't yeah. know if he's going to sit the Utah game or. If he's going to sit the Clippers game, or if he's not going to sit at they, all, they but. have to make him sit the Utah game if they're doing that. That would be insane. They better they win that Utah game. They tried that last yeah. time and lost to Houston, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> can so. I can I just say that uh, you know I, I remember at any time the the NBA floats something different from a scheduling standpoint or from a just the way that they're going to operate play. The play in was like, why are we doing this? Uh, LeBron, I think, called it the dumbest thing ever, the st- stupid or whatever he called it, <laughs> because they were trying to stay out of the plan, right, and they right. fell into plan contention after being in first for a lot of the year. The plan has made stuff way more interesting. The flattening yes. of the odds has made stuff way more interesting because the, the, the season matters for longer. Up until last week, we only had, I think, a total of four teams out of the 30 that were officially eliminated. So it's, I mean, the fact that these teams are still Orlando's not, still alive. Like you said, they're not even really jockeying for position yet because they're just trying to fight to stay out of the play-in. And so it's uh, it's been way more entertaining than I expected when they first designed this, but it's it's played out pretty well this season. Look, it's kept... Like, Damian Lillard is now done for the year, but it kept him in games longer because the Blazers were chasing the play-in. Um, mm-hmm. It kept Oklahoma City probably from coming up with some Absolutely. phantom injuries to some of their guys yeah. because they're right there in that mix. So... It's right. done that. It's made. It's it's accomplished its goal. It made the end of the regular season more compelling, more competitive with more competitive teams. Uh, that's why it was a masterstroke by the NBA. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of kind of how the NBA operates, I think this is a good opportunity to touch on something here uh, before we go. The NBA and NBPA agreeing to a new CBA late last week. Um, avoiding any kind of work stoppage. Um, you know, there's a lot of minutia in there. I, I don't think it's worth getting into every single last kind of piece of information from that uh, until maybe the summer. But I did think it was interesting. I think one of the big kind of takeaways from the piece, and we saw, you know, Draymond Green being critical of it, the NBA basically trying to break up the mega taxpayers. There's going to be a second tax apron now that's $17.5 million dollars uh, over the luxury tax line and teams above this second apron. So that would include golden state. The Clippers, for example, will be very limited in the contracts they can offer players. Uh, no more, uh, mid-level exception for those teams. They can only hand out veteran minimums. I have to be honest. I hate this. I think this is stupid. I, I think oh, that the NBA, you're wrong. no, wrong. no, I think that this is, I think the Warriors, it's to me, it's like, do you think the Warriors are good or bad for basketball? I think it's great. I think that we we don't see teams stay together anymore. And especially in the case of Golden State, where it would be one thing if this was the Durant version, but these are Steph, Clay, and Dre in particular, guys that they drafted, Jordan Poole, another player that they drafted. Why are we encouraging teams to be broken up? Like, I look at the Denver Nuggets. They drafted Jokic. They drafted Jamal Murray. They drafted Michael Porter Jr. They've signed those guys to big deals. You know, Denver, not historically a tax-paying team. They they may be willing to dip deeper into the tax now so that they can keep a championship core together. And I, I think that the NBA sometimes, they're so convinced with this notion of parity that, you know, this year everyone's like, this year's a fluke. They're so convinced with this notion of parity when – when you think of the teams that people love, it's the Spurs with Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker. It's the '90s Bulls. It's the '80s Celtics. It's uh, the the Lakers dynasties. It's I I just don't know the rush to break up these teams. I I don't get that because no, you are using the Warriors as an example 
like the Warriors are are the the Warriors to me are the exception, not the rule with stuff like this. Like the Warriors have done a phenomenal job. But I feel like they're targeting Golden State. No, no, no. But they're targeting them, but they're targeting the Clippers too. Because the Clippers are out there trying to buy a championship. They're out there signing guys, having no regard for spending whatsoever. And if why have a luxury tax if there are not going to be penalties that teams are going to care about associated with it? Like, you think Steve Ballmer gives a damn about the luxury tax if his team is winning? The guy's worth like, I don't know, $20 billion, $30 billion, whatever but, he's worth at but this there point. Is a- no. Look, Rowan, let me just say this. Like, I wrote about this in the magazine last month because I talked to Adam Silver about parody, and I brought up some of these issues with him. And I can say this. This CBA does feel like it was largely written with the input, heavy input, of mid to lower uh, market teams, not big market teams. I, I don't think this was written by Steve Ballmer. I don't think this was written by Joe Lacob. It was more <clears throat> like it was written by Clay Bennett. It was more like it was written by Dan Gilbert. Because, look, I, one of the things was almost brazenly written by Cleveland where it gave them the advantage of having three designated uh, franchise or uh, max players where in the current CBA they couldn't, which enables them, presumably, to re-sign uh, Donovan Mitchell and to sign... Evan Mobley to a max extension uh, as well. But the idea of taking away uh, tools from teams that go deeper into the tax, that is straight out of the mid to small market playbook. You know, they have been pushing for that for years now because mid to small market teams have been a little fatigued by big market teams just spending and being able to spend more than they can because of the market they're in and the revenue that they generate. So taking away a tool is one way to level the playing field. Maybe spending the money won't bother these big market teams, but if they don't have access to a mid-level exception, then that will likely cause some of these franchises to operate a little bit differently, and that's what these mid-to-small market teams wanted. I just fundamentally disagree with that, I guess. Like, to me, these mid to small market teams are already getting baseball? the baseball. Like, do you want, like, do you want, like, the, the Yankees versus the Oakland A's? Like, do- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want that, but I, I just think that these small market teams are already getting the benefit of these massive luxury tax payments. Like, Charlotte has just been running to the ground. Um, That's bad know, management, they, though. Like, use Oklahoma City they, they, as an example. Like, like Oklahoma City is a well-run franchise. Cleveland is a well-run franchise. They've made smart moves over the years. Why wouldn't you want to make sure that they can stay as competitive as possible within within reason? I just feel like Dan Gilbert, you know, they they've acquired the pieces, right? Like what would require all it would require from him is being willing to dip into the tax is what it is. Like it's not just the, the tax though, get- Rowan. It's like th- these you can still dip into the tax, but if you just blow the tax up and don't give a damn about how much you're willing to spend, if you're willing to have like a three, four hundred million dollar payroll, like that's what they're trying to curb. Not teams going to the tax. A lot of teams are in the tax. Most teams are in the tax, but it's the teams that are just ignoring it completely that these mid to small market teams would like to gain some more control over. Herring, you got to play tiebreaker here, brother. That's what this is. That's that's what this means. I, 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 I am curious I mean, what I you do, think. I'm curious what you think. 
No, no, no. I, I mean, I think that the the luxury tax part of it, because I remember like, and God bless him, like I'm friends with him. Windhorst kind of made the the argument last year that the Warriors Ch- were Czech buying a title. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, like Andrew Wiggins was not like this bona fide guy that everybody wanted. Yeah, he had a max contract. Nobody wanted. So, right. So if you have teams that are willing to do that, I think that I actually thought this part was fair. I thought the same way you did, Rohan, as far as like, why would the league agree to something that fundamentally we think of the league as being built by the dynasties? I think this is a pretty good go-between because you can still spend if you want to. You're just going to have certain things taken away from you. And it's the, the thought is that if you're spending more, you're gaining an advantage by will, your willingness to spend more. So you're going to maybe lose a couple things here and there as far as the mid-level, the taxpayer mid-level and stuff like that. I thought certain things were built in, again, to help some teams, like Cleveland specifically. Um, I was okay with it, honestly. But I, you know, it's one of those things, too, where like, my initial opinion of it doesn't dictate whether it's going to work or not. The plan yeah. is a perfect example. But I think that it's a good enough go-between. It was very clear that this was something that the the smaller markets wanted. I do agree with you very heavily, though, that like if you're going to get in this game, and you, I would imagine a lot of owners do want to win championships. I know it's a money thing for them, too. But you just kind of – like the one part of it is if you were going to let it keep going and not enforce any sort of uh, alterations or penalties or what have you – it becomes a really, really, even for these owners, a really wealthy game where it's like, you should not even get into this unless you're willing to pay what the Warriors are going to pay. Um, and maybe the league didn't want to do that, which is surprising to me only because, again, the league's ratings always skyrocket when they have teams like the Warriors, like the Bulls, like the Lakers. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I've really enjoyed a year full of parity, but I'm not completely convinced that this is just going to kill that. Or that it will, you know, I, I think it actually is a good go-between for now. I would like to go on record now and say that this midseason tournament is stupid. And it will be stupid <laughs> when it comes up next time, and it will be a mistake. I, 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 I still don't, don't even understand how it works yet. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have not allowed myself to dive into the intricacies of it because I am, I'm going to be honest, I'm holding out hope for it. I think that, I, I see so many people complain, like, and, you know, I, I was fortunate. I did a, this podcast with Kevin Arnovitz like a few months ago, and he was telling me his experience watching this season as a casual fan and just how much we missed the stakes. I don't think immediately overnight we're going to get a playing tournament that players care about. I bet people will miss it, et cetera, et cetera. I think over time it's something that could add an element of stakes to the regular season. At the same time, like if they're doing pool play and round, I don't know, like that's where it starts to lose me. And I, we also the sixty-five game minimum for all NBA and awards. Mm. I think that's way too high. If you look at the guys who are going to be high. left I think off, it's too low. Look at some of the guys who wouldn't be all NBA this year because of the sixty-five. I mean, game the minimum. MVP candidates are like all floating play. around the sixty-five thing. It, it's just, I, I just think it's interesting to look at because it already tells you about how far gone the process is or was. If literally the three MVP candidates, I think one of them has already hit. I think Jokic might already have 67 he's played in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Embiid will cross that threshold really soon. Uh, Giannis is at like 61 or maybe Embiid is or something like that. But like they basically have to play out the rest of their games to hit those numbers. And those are the MVP candidates, not all NBA. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many fewer rest days guys take. 
to hit these numbers because it's there's big money in it for them. Exactly. I, just, I, I, I get it for all NBA. I get it for MVP. For all NBA, I think it's silly. Like we're gonna look back twenty years and be like, why the hell did you know D'Angelo Russell get an All NBA nod? And it's because Dame he played. And- <laughs> because he played. Like I mean, that's the biggest. <clears throat> Well, who is it that said the best thing I can be for my team is available? Like, is it LeBron? Like th- this, the best ability is availability. <laughs> availability, right? Like, so, like if a guy's playing seventy-five games at a B plus level, I will reward that guy over the guy that played fifty-seven games at an A plus level. Just simple as that. Like, if you are out there playing more games, more minutes, contributing more on a team level, then you deserve that validation. Look, sixty-five shouldn't be a hard threshold. To hit, maybe it gets some of these players going to their teams going, you know what? I'm cool. We don't need to sit out every single back to back. You don't need to give me the night off every third game in four nights. Like I want to hit this this number because Herring, to your point, all NBA means something to these guys. MVP, rookie of the year, all these awards mean something financially to these players, and that's gonna help the league competitively to have more of these players forcing their way onto the floor. It's going to be interesting to watch. One thing I'll say about these CBAs is they come out and we sit here and react and there's inevitably some kind of rush of unintended consequences that none of us have foreseen. You know, it started with the Supermax extensions and kind of the weird trade wins that those can set off at times. So I am I'm very interested to see how it will play out ultimately because something unexpected is going to happen that in, that is going to change uh, the way the league operates that, that none of us will be able to anticipate, which I think just happens with every CBA. So, yeah, um, I think that will do it for this episode, though. Thank you to both the Chris's. Uh, we will be back later this week. Until then, continue to enjoy what is left of the NBA regular season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.